You're listening to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. Today we're launching the monthly series of Food for Thought in which we talk about the philosophy of food. We're going back to basics to explore the purpose of food across the human family and the role of nutrition in a person's life chances. Colleen, you've dedicated your life to teaching and research in human nutrition. It's quite a commitment. Can you tell us where your passion for healthy eating began? Yeah, well, when I think back and I reflect, I think it started from a pretty young age um, in that my grandparents were passionate about cooking food from from scratch and and for them food was really important it was it was part of a social um you know the social aspect but for them it was also about having quality food so even though they they didn't have a lot of money they they always you know bought the the uh, ingredients to make such delicious healthy meals and i i think that's where um, for me, I became interested in, in, in healthy eating. Um, but if you looked at how I ate in high school, you, you wouldn't know that I <laughs> went on to be a dietitian. Uh, <laughs> I really didn't have a passion for nutrition until I ended up in my university program. And I ended up here kind of by chance. I, uh, I originally wanted to be a dentist, but, uh, I realized in first year university that I was definitely not going to have the marks for that. So I started exploring other programs and I actually didn't even know you could, you could study nutritional science as a degree at that time. Mm -hmm. And so just through exploring that program, I thought, wow, that, that was, that's a really neat area to study. And then in taking the courses at Russia and um, one in particular was a, a lab course, uh, introductory to food science in which there's a three hour lab every week and you learn how to cook foods from you know, different, different groups. Like there'd be a lab on meats and there'd be a lab on vegetables. And really my passion for, for cooking and healthy eating, I think really, um, you know, really sprung from that. Wonderful. So really fond memories with your grandparents and buying and preparing food on a budget that was delicious. And also that there was so much out there to learn as you discovered in university. That's fantastic. I think a lot of us can resonate that with that. I know that I do. Colleen, there's a unifying nature to food across the human family. We all eat, our bodies break down food into the same component parts. We all evolve through the same cycle. So there's kind of an understanding of food and life across the human family. What do you think are two of the biggest challenges for human beings today with regards to nutritious food? Well, Peggy, I find this um, difficult to narrow down to just two, but if I had to pick two, I think number one would be time. I think, I think we're all, um, you know, trying to find more time in a day. We have such busy lifestyles and it's hard to find the time to, to plan out meals, to find recipes that we enjoy or our family enjoys, uh, the time to go out and purchase the ingredients and then planning the time in the day to, to make those meals. So I think, I think time for me is, is, is one of the top um, challenges. 
I think we can all relate to that. Our schedules fill in almost uh, somehow unexpectedly. So we'll see if there's anything we can do across the 52 weeks we're on this show and help people with time management and getting some delicious food. This shows about the ways we can flourish in the future. First, we need to understand the most immediate future of food, which is what happens to it after we eat. Colleen, how does the human body use food? Well, in general, uh, all of our food needs to be broken down into its basic parts in order to, or mostly basic parts, to be able to um, be absorbed into the body through the digestive tract. And from there, you know, our, our bodies are really fascinating in, in all that they can do. And from there, they, the nutrients are you know, funneled or, or directed to the organs and the tissues that, that, that need them in order to, you know, to grow, to be maintained, to repair. And, and from there, uh, what the body doesn't need is, is either stored or uh, released. Wow, that's a really simple answer that probably took a really long time to understand, but you've made it very accessible for us. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> There's a saying then, you're welcome. There's a saying then, Colleen, you are what you eat. In biologic terms, that's accurate. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we want to be careful with this one. Uh, you know, you don't want to think of, oh, I'm, I'm eating a hamburger, so now I'm a hamburger. But uh, right. I, think, I think where it first came from is that the food that we eat, you know, really does have a bearing on the health of our minds and, and our physical health. And so, you know, what we eat... In, in a lot of cases gets incorporated into our body. So if you're providing the body with nutrients that are, are really helpful and, and nourishing, um, then that's going to help uh, be the makeup of, of what's inside your body. But I, again, I think you'd wanna be careful, um, I think taking that too literally. Understood. I've always thought that the term nourishment is a really interesting alternate word for the word food because food is meant to nourish. What are the basic nutrients that the human body gets from food and what do they do? Generally, we break down nutrients into two major groups. So we have our macronutrients, if you think macro meaning big, and these are the um, nutrients that overall provide energy. So the three main ones are protein, which is used as building block for organs, for muscles, uh, for healthy skin, for hormones. We also have fats and they're a source of energy, but they also um, help us to uh, access what are called fat soluble vitamins, so are vitamins A and D and E and K. And then we have carbohydrates. And carbohydrates are the main source of fuel for our bodies, especially our muscles and our brain. And there are many forms of carbohydrates or carbs as they're commonly called. So we have our complex carbs that are, that are longer chain molecules that have to be broken down by the body to be used. And they get broken down eventually into um, glucose, which is a sugar. So as an example, um, even table sugar is made up of two molecules, a glucose and a fructose molecule uh, that has to be broken down in the digestive tract before it can be absorbed. So from a biologic perspective, the basic purpose of food is to provide nutrients for the human body to use and renew itself. 
The human family is unified through its common need for nutrition food. And after the break, we're going to hear more from Dr. Colleen O'Connor, Associate Professor and Acting Chair of School and Food and Nutritional Sciences at Bressa University College. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, your host of Food for the Future. And today we're launching Food for Thought, in which we discuss philosophy and food. Today, we're talking about the purpose of food across the human family and the role of nutrition in a person's life chances. Dr. Colleen O'Connor, Associate Professor and Acting Chair at the School of Food and Nutritional Sciences at Brush University College. Early in the show, we talked about the purpose of food and its function in creating a healthy human body. As such, there's a special moral status to nutritious food because of its role in a person's life chances. Colleen, what are some of the relationships between food and quality of life in the human life cycle? Well, food is important right from birth in order to set the stage for proper development of, of, of the body. And throughout childhood, where there's a rapid period of growth uh, and into adolescence, once we get into adulthood and we're past the stages of growth, it kind of changes to being more about maintaining health and looking at ways that we can uh, decrease our risk of disease and and maintain our health and longevity so that we can have a a long, good quality of life. Excellent. Healthy eating helps present disease, which can improve the quality and length of a person's life. Right now, all levels of government locally and beyond are increasing efforts in food literacy, food security, and food policy. But what can individuals do? Well, there are definitely a lot of resources out there. Um, So I think a key part is is finding ways to access the resources that are available for individuals. And in a way that is meaningful and understandable to the individual. So for example, not all people are, are going to be interested in you know, reading long uh, written documents on websites. Uh, for them, they may prefer YouTube videos on, on a nutrition topic or how to prepare a food. But again, that relies on being able to have a device and internet access to do that. So uh, other ways would be through local health units where you can access information. And I think what's really important from an individual perspective is, is trying, trying to make sure that any resources that we access are, are coming from credible sources. There's a lot of misinformation that is on the internet and, and you know, we refer to this as pseudoscience. So nutrition claims that, uh, or claims about food that, that aren't in fact based in science. Understood. What are some places that people can go to that are really research-based, credible sources to find information about healthy eating? Um, well, I, I think I'm biased as a registered dietitian, so I would definitely say seeking out advice from a registered dietitian, uh, whether it's meeting with them in person or accessing them on the internet. Um, dietitians of Canada, for example, has a website that has lots of really great information unlockfood.ca is is another great website that people can access for all kinds of information about healthy eating, food preparation, and recipes. I think those are some important ones that I would that I would share. 
Great. So a dietitian in your local community, unlockfood.ca and anything that the dietitians of Canada have put out are credible research-based sources, information you can trust. Yes. So far, our discussion has been a bit technical in speaking about the biology that binds all of us in the human family, but there's a lot of freedom and creativity that goes into developing a healthy pattern of eating. Do you have any suggestions how to do this? I think what's most important for, for people to know is that there's not just one healthy eating pattern. So there are many healthy eating patterns and it's important that the eating pattern that somebody chooses is, is nourishing, but also enjoyable and includes favorite foods. So we always say that, you know, there are no bad foods and, and all foods can fit into a healthy dietary pattern. It also has to really fit with a person's lifestyle and skill set. It's one thing to say, oh, well, you know, pull out a, a Jamie Oliver cookbook and cook all these gourmet meals. But if somebody doesn't like to cook or feels that they don't have the time or, you know, doesn't have access to the types of foods that are needed for these recipes, then it, it's not going to work. And so overall, it has to be flexible and it has to help maintain or develop a healthy relationship with food. So even though we all need to eat and we have the biologic need for food as one of the core purposes of why we eat, that really things need to be very individualized based on a person's cultures, their likes and dislikes, what their lifestyle is and what really works for them. And there's a range of economic possibilities to eat nutritiously. And so really that's that part of the, uh, each human being, that creativity, um, that unique interest that really is something that we all also value across the human family. Absolutely. Great. Colleen, is there anything you'd like to say or add to the listeners about the purpose of food and healthy eating? Yeah. So, you know, one of my favorite quotes, and I'm not sure the first person who ever said it was, don't let the science of nutrition interfere with the art of eating. That couldn't be a more perfect response, Colleen. Food for the future, and particularly food for thought, is bringing the arts and humanities back into food. We're talking about philosophy. That quote is very philosophic and also arts-based. So thank you. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Dr. Colleen O'Connor, Associate Professor and Acting Chair at Brescia University College. Each week on Food for the Future, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. This week, something to talk about with your family and friends is the purpose of food and how it unifies the human family. Something to do is to read Canada's Food Guide, which is a research-based resource with information on what each of us needs to eat well. Next week on Food for the Future, we launch the monthly series Waste Not, in which we discuss food waste and what households can do to help feed a hungry home, community, and human family. Our guest is Mr. Vimlendra Sharan, Director of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization of North America, to talk about recently published stats on global food waste and to discuss strategies to help bring change to humanity right from our own homes. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbrae Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.